Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girlbomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining. Keep being you. And treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. The Around the NFL podcast is colder than Maddie Ice. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Heroes to my left, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. Oh, yeah. What's up, boys? Heroes aplenty. Oh, yeah. Teaming with heroes. Dan had a variety of technical issues um, heading into the show today. And I think he's, you know, it's rare that Dan seems rattled. A little bit. A little rattled. A little little, bit. It's like a laptop. You know, I'm doing some pre-show work at the house. It's like, let me get to the office a little bit early, get ahead of things. Sure. Get there. Professional. Computer doesn't turn on. Then I have a backup laptop. And then it's like a password from like July of 2021. Don't know that. I got IT in the mix. Then I got people coming in and saying hello. And you know, you know how it is, Mark, with yeah. people doing the rounds. Oh yeah, people it's doing great the rounds to be back in the together, as they say. It, it it really cut into Greg my prep time, which I don't like because I like. But to you feel also ready. just don't like to talk to uh, other people unless they've. Yeah, had approval yeah, that's, beforehand. That's Mark's thing. Uh, I'm okay with talking to people. I like I, no, I, I, I do. Not when I'm getting ready for my like podcast. You keep like a famously um, tight, though, list of people allowed into the inner circle, especially for Very like a Christmas though. party. That, that's different. Very different. It's different. It is. I, you're an extrovert in many ways. People have to pass a certain test. They have to be bringing something to the table. Can't if be taking things if, off the table. But if they're not bringing anything, if they're just like in the middle. Right. They might not get asked back either. Yeah. It's like, and, and if they're sitting at the table and then after the party, like, oh, where's the salt pepper? Where's salt pepper shaker? <laughs> You guys see that? I had a Tabasco bottle here. It was Larry. What? Forks and knives? Where were they? Somebody took something off the table. They don't come back. They've got one chance with you. But that's the thing. I'm a friendly person, and I'll talk to anybody here in the office. But if, in terms of, like, hanging, yeah, it's a little tighter. I don't I don't see you're, you with a huge circle, Greg. Like, everybody, come hang with me. We've been to your I, house once I, for your son's, like, second birthday party, like, a, a prior decade. Yeah, I'm not taking any shots. I No, I'm more – I feel like I'm more of a – I'm 
I'll be happy to talk to the. In fact, Mark complains about me walking around the room talking to too many people here. I, but I, yeah, I continually and not... being character assassinated during this. I enjoy many people. I like going out and we used to be there all day, well. all day, every day, even at this time of year. Remember that? Was, I don't think know, I'm speaking. Eight a.m. to five p.m. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, that. Mark. Uh, but I think what got on Mark's radar is that he saw that as potential ladder climbing attempts being made mm. when you were glad handing through the newsroom. Well, it's usually like Jeremy well, Bergman and <laughs> David Ely. That's pretty much who it is. I mean, I see Greg in our office for about eight minutes a week at this point, so I'm not. I do try to time it now. Uh, Lunch opens at the huddle at 11:30. Just just time it so that you get there right when lunch opens, and then have a nice, luxurious, uh, delicious taco. All right, I'm looking forward to that taco. But first, we need to deliver a quality podcast to you, the listener. Thank you for following us all season long. Here we are, deep in May, the last day of May. And we're going to get you caught up to what's going on around the NFL. Uh, also, uh, you know, people people want answers. People want to know what's going to happen in 2022. People, they're burning questions. And they demand knowledge now. And that's where we come in. We fill in the blank there. You give us an- questions. We took some from the Internet. We have some of our own, perhaps, and we're going to be asking each other questions about the 2022 season. And here's the thing. A little bit of a spoiler alert. We are answering these questions with the actual answer mm. about what's going to happen. So be ready. Don't turn off the app. Let it play with the volume down so we get the download figures. But understand the information you're going to hear about the 2022 season is something that will occur. So get ready. And I think for if you're the type of person, because mm-hmm. you sort of said, you know, generalize that everyone wants answers. And I think that's true. But for some people, it may be the enjoyment of sport is to allow the drama to unfold in real time. This is a dangerous episode. Absolutely. I would say, yes, this is one of the more dangerous <laughs> episodes because you're messing with the time and space continuum. Sure. And people are wondering, how do you how are you going to know these answers? Are you time travelers? No, it's nothing like that. It's just something we're going to look into the abyss and the answers will come to us. Because we've been doing this podcast since 2013, we now have all the information. We're experts, you know. Yeah. That's, how, are, that's what I'd call there us. There are um, you. a lot of people in this in this day and age who don't really rely on expertise. They think they're the expert, but they're wrong. Thank you. We are the experts. Thank you. It's well said. All right. Speaking of well said, we got a lot to do news-wise. <laughs> Let's hit it. Let's hear from a voice that's very near and dear to us. Man, I'd love to see somebody like Matthew Stafford with with Sean McVay. From the archives of Around the NFL, it's the legend, Chris Wessling. And that was dated September 6th, 2019, week one preview. Mm. Uh, Sean McVay, you know, at that point, I believe Jared Goff was a highly productive starter at that time still. But Matthew Stafford was going through his Detroit Lions career. and What season was that? 2019? During 2019. Goff Goff had just signed his mega extension, and you were all talking Mm. about it, reacting to it, and that's where that came from. There were a lot of Goff supporters on this this podcast, Greg. I thought that you were quite a Goff guy for a bit of time there. 
Really? He had a yes. he had a he had a Never an, he had a yes. stretch where he was talked about as an MVP candidate. When we went, yeah, when we went to the game I, in twenty eighteen, it was I, mostly that he just threw a pretty ball. No, we he pretty, threw that. He had that beautiful Thursday night game. But I do remember, and this is not anything against you, but no. when we went to Rams camp, mm-hmm. uh, I remember talking out on the site, and we were all kind of really impressed by his arm strength and just the the free and easy way in which he threw the ball. I mean, there was a time where Goff seemed like the guy. But Wes, to his credit, the what if Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay got together. It's a special connection, too, because I know um, Keisha told me that that was like the last football conversation they ever had. Basically, was Stafford Mm -hmm. getting traded to the Rams. And uh, and she mentioned to him, you know, what had happened. It wasn't like a long talk, but um, but he he was excited for her that that her team got such a great player. And then it all ended up with her at the Super Bowl watching him win. Great point. Can't believe the Rams and Bengals played in the Super Bowl. Uh, we miss you, Chris Wessling. And by the way, th- shout out to Joe Whitehead, listener who dug through the archives and found that. Yeah, I love when people send us stuff like that. That's great. We would never yep. have known that or remembered. All right, let's hit the news, starting with some sad news. Uh, we And this is for the second time in a couple of months now because we lost Dwayne Haskins uh, due to a uh, accident on a highway. Uh, down in Florida, and now we get the news that Arizona Cardinals cornerback Jeff Gladney killed in a car accident early Monday morning. Uh, His agent confirmed this to ESPN. The Cardinals released a statement Monday afternoon, also confirming the death, which occurred at around 2.30 in the morning on Monday. Uh, Gladney was 25 years old. He had signed with the Cardinals in March after a jury found him not guilty on a felony assault charge. It was that assault charge and those legal issues that led to the end of his run with the Minnesota Vikings who took him in the first round out of TCU in 2020, but he was released in August when he was indicted on that charge. So um, his NFL career never got off the ground, off the field issues caused a major strain for him. But at 25 years old, uh, Jeff Gladney passes away. Very sad. And a passenger, a female passenger in the car also lost Mm. their life. Yeah, rest in peace. In other news, on the football field, Aaron Donald, speaking of the Rams and the Super Bowl champions, he is eight years into one of the most legendary careers of any defensive lineman in NFL history. Now he's got his ring. Remember him pointing to the finger after he got the big takedown of Joe Burrow. He says he'd be at peace with his career if he and the Rams can agree to a new contract this summer. He signed through the 2024 season, but he has no guaranteed money left on his deal. He was on the I Am Athlete. Feels like there's a missing word there, but all right. I Am Athlete podcast. This is what he had to say about the situation. Me talking about retirement, that was happening to be way before we won a Super Bowl. I've been saying that since I got into the league. I was going to play eight years and be done. I just, you know. That's just what I've been saying. It just it just came out. Now everybody think that, you know, oh, he said if he won the Super Bowl, he's going to retire. No, I've been talking. I got teammates, coaches, my family know about this. I said, I'm going to play eight years, and I'll probably be done playing football. But winning the Super Bowl, you get kind of get a little addicted to it. Like, I want to feel that again, though. I ain't going to lie. That's like, that experience is like no, none other. So um, if, if, if I was to play, it's just to win another Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, it's still a business, and it, it got to make sense to me and my family. Mark Donald said that he and the Rams probably will work out a deal, but if one can't be reached, he won't walk away mad. I mean, this is different to me than 
uh, Kyler Murray in his anti-drama wiping his Instagram account. I think Donald is being truthful. He's he's in a place of individual comfort with where he is in his career. Now, do I think that a mega deal from the Rams that'll make him the most highly paid defensive player in the league and the fact that they're sitting right in a wide open Super Bowl window probably will have him um, inking a new deal and sitting pat with the Rams a few weeks from now, months from now? Yes. Right. He he said it's about... It's not about the money, but it's a business. So I, it's a business. And it's just one of those things when you sign a deal that he did and the teams were looking to get guys to sign long deals. He signed a six-year, $135 million contract, but it had a $40 million signing bonus, $86 million guaranteed. I mean, it was more than fair. He signed it when he was 27. Now he's 31, and now he's underpaid. Like, his the money that he's making this year doesn't make any sense. And teams have to understand this when you sign a guy to that long of a contract. Yeah, you get flexibility, but you're going to have him coming back after four seasons like he is right now. I think he'll get his money, um, but it's tricky. I mean, what's he worth? (laughs) He's the best defensive player of all time. I mean, if he was worth $86 million guaranteed last time, well, it's pretty simple. Double right? it. I mean, it's like he's, it's, he's worth so much, but he's, he's 31, the, so it's a little tricky for them. All right. It's top of whatever the top of the market is in that position group. He should be the top of it because he's like, the best. No, yeah, yeah, not it's like way over group, the top, though, right? Because, like, is he worth more than Devontae Adams and, and those guys, the receiver contracts? I think he could certainly make that argument. I would tend to agree. More and, than TJ Watt, more than... And we need, I know the salary cap is something easily manipulated, but like, what are the Rams in a, a tough position here where he wants to back up the Brinks truck and have a, a um, kind of positionally uh, changing type contract, uh, how, how that position is judged and, and what he's been able to do with that. Is there an impasse possibly? I don't think so. And I think it's all ultimately a bargaining tactic and Aaron Donald will be lining up week one. Right? I saw a Brinks truck um, during my vacation. Mm. And the first thing that goes yeah. through your mind is, I mean, I don't think I could physically pull this off, but how I would like to rob it. Oh. And just take a small amount. Just take a take a small parcel of money. Is it that's a, a, but in a nonviolent. Well, not just wait, so you're thinking, how would I do it? But yeah, it would have to how be one of those. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'd have to give it more thought than I did because I, I two minutes I feel later like I was this thinking about something segment else. So. Is not a good um, piece of evidence to put out there. You know what I mean? If you're going to do it. This well, is on record. Unless they think because I've said it, I won't do it now. There's a There was a woman who was convicted for, for murder last week in Washington State um, <laughs> who had one point <laughs> written a go. blog post, how to murder your husband. Don't and then that. she murdered her husband. So yep. it's like that's the type of digital record you can leave these days. That blog spot will get you every time. <laughs> In other contract news, the Browns signed David Njoku to a four-year, $56.8 million extension. It includes $28 million guaranteed. Rap Sheet noted that, uh, by the way, you and Rap Sheet, ice broken? There was no ice to be um, broken. I don't know how that works, the ice. <laughs> you break the, uh, the chill. What is the, what is the terminology I'm looking for, Mark? 
Well, things got a little hot thug. between you and you're, yeah, are, This right. is all you, your narrative. It's not taking off, and um, I think you should look inside yourself for that. What do you mean not taking off? These you are questions. You're hoping this is going to be a, a whole narrative, and this is the first I've heard about it since you last brought it up. But well, I was asking now that you were aware of it <laughs> on the last show I brought it up. Did Were any no, steps taken? This will shock you, but the, that show was the last I thought of it, and I'm sure, I'm sure Ian is thinking even less. <laughs> it seems chilly. Greg, it still seems <laughs> Little, right, right. Freezing. I'm just saying, you said yourself, he's your number one insider source. You're going to, before the season gets going in earnest, you might want to build a bridge there. Because if you build a bridge when training camp starts, he might sniff it out like, oh, now he wants to be friends with me again when I need scoops. Just saying. There's other sources out there. Wow. <laughs> Okay. See, well, I think we moved the story a little bit there, Mark. I, I think, you know, you're doing the work of a journalist, Dan. <laughs> anyway, Njoku, uh, according to Rap Sheet, is the fifth highest paid tight end in terms of yearly average. Mark, you've watched Njoku his entire career, former first-round pick. Uh, the money surprised me just because I know he's more a guy that has flashed uh, as opposed to actually put together a big season. Uh, do you think this was money well invested by Cleveland? It's a projection. I think that it shows faith that, you know, half the Browns fan base would say he looks the part. He's also been extremely frustrating at times. I will say he's been in a system with multiple coaches, up and down quarterback play. And when he was, you know, in 2020, he I thought he made a, he took a real big step forward. Last season, skittish again to some degree. But there's it, it tells me that there are a dearth of playmaking tight ends around the league. He's getting paid because there aren't just that enough of these guys that I think the Browns look at David Njoku and say, with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, with the year three of Stefanski's system, that is a tight end friendly system for the most part, unless you're Austin Hooper. They're saying, (laughs) we believe you're worth the money. I was kind of shocked by it. I mean, he's just, every fifth game of his career, he'll make a couple of plays and you'll be like, great. This, right. this is David and Joku. Was he demanding to be cut like a couple? Well, the resistance, ago? He, has, he has 15 yeah. touchdowns in five seasons. So right. it's he not has 1700 yards in 500 right. seasons. So that's an average of what, Dan? What was it again? Give me 1700 the- yards in five seasons. That's not fair. That's 1700. In five, 280 five maybe? Seasons. Yeah. It's about 281 yards three, It's year. over 300, yeah. Right. But, you know, uh, somewhere between oh, yeah. three and four. Wait, yeah, it would about definitely halfway. be over 300. Uh, <laughs> I, I took your cue there. Either way, it's low. It's, um, I don't get it, And but it's self-scouting. They know him better than anyone else. He's It's basically a two for 25 deal, but that's that's a lot for and a tight And they just end. got out of the Austin Hooper business, and they didn't really judge that contract too well. And either, maybe, so. right, maybe he... He, he's improved as a blocker. He certainly adds the versatility that they want. And right now he's their number two receiver. They, they, their wide receiver room is a mess. Right. They are. There's this whole idea that's like Deshaun Watson's just stepping into like a Super Bowl ready roster. And that one of my takeaways from doing projected starter was like this roster isn't the same as 2020. That was the 2020 Browns roster. The offensive line, I think, has more questions than it did. The secondary is a little thin to me. And uh, the receiver group is. One of the worst uh, depth-wise in the league after Amari Cooper. It's just you're, I think they'll actually add some more players. One thing they do have a lot of is cap space and and money, and that they just spent some on Njoku, but they've got more. You could you could imagine Will Fuller potentially going there. They, yes. In, in in OTAs, they've been. I only get to bring up Will Fuller on this podcast. You <laughs> well, know you, that. Why don't you That's say? That's a rule. Then you can say it, and I'll. I'll I believe like Will a, Fuller would be an excellent fit with the quarterback that they. That's and, a good point. You know. That's a good point. Board. It'd be a nice pickup. Odell Beckham. Beckham, back. whatever. That's just sloppy. I don't know about, you know. 
It'd That's not happening. It would be funny, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. Time now for Graybeard's News and Notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. Akeem Hicks. He goes from a fake team, the Graybeards, to a real one, the Buccaneers. A one-year contract up to $10 million, probably not close to $10 million, but if he had like 27 sacks, he'd probably get $10 million. <laughs> anyway, but uh, he's 32 years old. Um, he has he was a guy that thrived earlier in his career. He's had some injury issues, Greg, and now uh, he slots in. I guess he'll be in the Indomitian Sioux spot uh, for the Bucks unless they decide to bring Sue back, but that feels like a nice fit for Hicks. Yeah, great fit for Hicks. Great for them. He's someone I think would benefit from playing a little less. That hasn't been by choice lately. He missed most of the last season and most of 2019. And even when he played a full season in 2020, he wasn't like peak Hicks, which was an all-pro player. But I think they've shown Todd Bowles especially that they can take these guys towards the end of the career and get a ton of value out of him. I mean, it. I'm going back to the same thing I keep repeating about the draft. It's like Akeem Hicks, if he's healthy, is going to make a bigger impact than most first round picks this year, even though he's coming in. I mean, he's going to give you 500, 600 good snaps. And in the past, when they signed Sue, they got him for good money. I think they got good money and good value again right here. I like it. I think Sue is a target for the Cleveland Browns, although they say they're not interested. But if another short coming for that team, that roster, the defensive interior defensive line is an absolute you mess. Jumping right now. off a flaming bandwagon. That's smart, Mark. This, what? The, I mean, the roster, maybe not so hot. You got the mess at quarterback. Maybe you're doing a jump and a forward roll off the wagon as it goes off the cliff in flames. Potentially. I just think that they're being overvalued because of the what they did at quarterback in terms of the roster. There are there are right. problems there. Defensive tackle is the other spot I should have mentioned yeah, there. You're mess. right. Uh, they, they, I kind of think they are. I give them credit for identifying some values. I think they will. They are one of the teams I think are going to sign multiple pretty solid veterans on the the rest of the offseason. Yeah. They got Let me the ask you a question, Mark. Um, where you're at right now in your Browns divorce. Do you have you changed your offseason habits? Are you not following the beat reporters anymore beyond what you do for this job? Are you following the team in a different way than the other teams or have you disconnected on that realm? I dive so deeply into all 32 teams that I don't think that there's anything different about the tone of this offseason. Very good. That was a great answer. I mean, it's a great answer. By the way, it was speaking, a non-answer yeah. is what it was. Well, Spe- speaking of the graybeards, uh, at the wide receiver position, Beckham, Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones. Landry landed with the Saints. Antonio Brown came out and said, don't play yourself and think I'm going to be on the team this year. It's like, whatever, dude. Uh, I still think he'll be in the mix potentially, but it doesn't sound like he's Ooh, I think we have sandwiches on we that. We do. I, I'm, not, I'm not nervous yet, although his attitude is abhorrent. Uh, Julio Jones still there. I'm not excited about that. I don't know. I mean, if you're the Browns, like, why wouldn't you bring in Julio Jones? On why a don't, cheap why not draft him in 2009 like you should have to begin with? All right. Ooh. Well, that was a that he was gets a, it. He's a, off. This that guy gets it. That was a gap. So who did they take instead of Julio? Well, they traded down and took Alex Mack, who was a 
great center for them. Okay. But it, but in, you know they had no answer at wide receiver for the next eight years. So you know, Julio please. would have been a better pick than Alex Mack as much as much as uh, we like Alex Mack. That was Graybeard's news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. In other news, the Colts. You know, there is a lot of selling going on around the Colts right now, but they have solved everything now because they have Matt Ryan in 2022. Maybe in, in 2009, that would have been amazing for the Colts, but they've, you know, they have this version of uh, Mr. Ryan and Michael Pittman, the lone 1,000 yard receiver a year ago on Indianapolis. Oh, man. He's like, everything's in play when it comes to Matt Ryan. No rules. Matt can pretty much put it wherever he uh, wants, so you kind of just catch it, turn, and then run. So um, he's going to put it where it needs to be. Hey, listen, he's got the green light. Go. He'll put it there. <laughs> I was worried for a second um, that you weren't uh, using this headline uh, just because it delighted the 12-year-old boy in me. But, no, you are using this headline just for that reason, so thank you. Uh, final... Put it wherever he wants. Hey, you got to think about that as a headline Young writer. Love. Or maybe they did think about that as a headline writer. Because now I'm seeing like sites like PFF sent out this quote. They they know it's going to get reaction. They they know put it wherever it wants. I'm they, sure Michael Pittman know. isn't ah! thrilled with the uh... – <laughs> The way it's circling the internet, but I understand what he's saying. I don't know. He's on in the, the news field. cycle now. Maybe, maybe he came up with this plot to Perhaps. begin with. So, finally, in the news, this happened early in the holiday weekend, but um, we got a lot of people that wanted our reaction. So let's listen to. Uh, and I know we have a guy built Roto World brick by brick. Uh, I myself am a f- former NFL fantasy commissioner for well over a decade. So here's uh, Giants outfielder. Jacques Peterson uh, discussing what happened with Tommy Pham, a um, I guess he's a red. He's a Cincinnati red Tommy fan. They were in a fantasy league together okay. uh, that involved multiple major league players. And Tommy Pham, before the game, approached Jacques Peterson and slapped him in the face. Will Smith style. Uh, and it was about a fantasy football rules dispute. Jacques Peterson when approached by the media for the story, did not spare any detail. Hit it, Justin. We were in a fantasy fantasy league together. Can you uh, pause it for one second? I want you, Greg, as a brick-by-brick brick guy. Yeah. To try to really kind of let's parse his words and tell me who you think was Yeah, get in the to right. the bottom of this. Go ahead. I put somebody, a player, on the injured reserve when they were listed as out. And um, added another player, uh, and then um, uh, there was a Come text up, message in the group saying that I was cheating uh, because I was stashing players on my bench. And then uh, I don't know. I looked up the rules and sent a screenshot of the rules. How it says Sorry. that when a player is ruled out, you're allowed to put them on the IR. And uh, that's all I was doing. And then uh, it just so happened that he had a player, uh, Jeff Wilson, who was out. And he had him on the IR. And I said, you he's surrounded by reporters right now, by the way. On your team, on your bench. Real storyteller. And then I guess he was in two leagues. Really? And one Lincoln. of them, he was on the IR and one of them, he wasn't. So maybe that was a confusion. But on the ESPN league we were in, it, it was listed as out. So it's like it feels very similar to what I did. 
Uh, and that was basically all of it. There's not much more to it. Mm. Um, okay. All right. Um, I'll give my take first, Greg. Then I want to hear yours. And Mark, any thoughts you have? Uh, the failure here. Well, first of all, some lunatic slapping a guy in the face in the outfield over fantasy football league. I also know that though, because I was in a fantasy football league in my twenties, like these guys are, and it's really there's a lot of bad blood in fantasy leagues when you got a bunch of like 28 year old guys that are have way too much invested in it emotionally and f- financially. Um, but the the failures of the commissioner, in my opinion, Greggy, hmm. because he. Um, set an IR rule that could be easily manipulated. You got to set this thing hard and fast. You could say you only go onto the IR unless you're actually on real life IR. Um, if you allow people to slide in guys that are simply out, it invites issues exactly like this. Well, I didn't even need to hear him say anything. The guy who slaps another man for a fantasy football crime in the outfield. You're, I don't care what happened. And then, oh, by the way, uh, he, the other guy didn't do anything wrong. The rules are the rules. That's totally typical of a fantasy league that yep. you could put guys on IR if they're out. That's it's not Jock's fault. It's not right. It's no. not it's not uh, a strange rule at all. If the commissioner if the system lets you do it you can do it it's not even like he was looking for some sort of loophole he was just playing the game shouldn't Give me this a break. have been sealed up when he sent the screenshot of how right. the league is being run and he it's didn't go outside and heard all this how it works and the, the other issue slapping I, alone is just like you you are admitting you're in the wrong right and how how long <laughs> he knew you? that he would they were going to face each other right. on the diamond at some point how long does the slapper in his mind say to himself when i go visit when I go into this game situation, right. well, it ended early slap January. Him. I mean, fantasy football ended in January. It was at the 2020 latest. season, Greg. So, <laughs> this, is, this feels like it's an absurd That's setup. Absurd. To some Can degree. that even? There yeah. has to be more to the story, well, but well, there, there's a gif involved where um, the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. There was like a a, a, a weight thrown in the air. And the Padres guy, that's where Fam was playing for at the time, got crushed by the weight. So there was some, you know, making fun of the Padres as well. But he also, that guy, the slapper, also quit the league over that issue in the middle of the season, which is the biggest no-no. You do, n- you never quit a league in the middle of the year unless something heinous went down. It sounds like the slapper should be the slappy on some level because he's quit the league. He's he's a hothead. He's probably nuts. So right. that's the problem here. Like you're like, what is what are we missing here? Oh, the guy Tommy Pham <laughs> yeah, so- is a lunatic. <laughs> it's gotta be. Come on, man. Uh, all right, before we uh, take a break, it's time once again for it came from the internet. All right, so here we go, Mark. You love that old CBS pregame um, with Brent Musburger. Oh yeah, uh, and for a while in. In the studio with him was Brown's great Jim Brown. All right. Here is a excerpt of a telecast. Uh, this, I believe, was a mid-80s, around 84 or so, uh, Gravedigger. Let's listen in. Jim, it amazes me that the big backs in the league are able to take as much punishment as they do. I mean, they get whacked coming up the middle of there. Well, it amazes me, too. Because, well, a lot of them are getting hurt now because I think the conditioning program is great yet. As I said earlier, and I hate to say it, there is a cocaine problem which in the league. Oh! And you cannot play under the influence of cocaine. Wait, what was that, Jim? <laughs> there is a cocaine problem which in the league, and you cannot play under the influence of cocaine. Now, 
Jim Brown, probably not wrong in right. the early eighties. And it wasn't just an NFL problem. You, you look at the NBA, which was basically torn apart by cocaine use. The NFL, I'm sure it was a thing. MLB, you had Keith Hernandez in a trial just admitting like so- to it. Society. I yeah, mean, it was uh, a very, in Coke 80, was, a was, I just like was in listening 80s, so. to an interview and they were talking, it was like a, a director talking about their par- like their parents would just openly do Coke at parties in front of kids back then. Just, but like the yeah, Brent, Mus- Brent Musburger was like, Oh, uh, this just took a different <laughs> turn than I was expecting. So then did a little like research. Jim Brown, he's he's a legendary player. His his off the field life, not always sterling, but he's a very a fascinating individual. And I I have to say he is someone if you dig into this period of his life, the early 80s, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated on December 12th, 1983 in a full Raiders uniform. Uh, he wanted to come back at age 47. But he hadn't been signed, but he just did a photo shoot wearing a Raiders uniform. And uh, he Wait, just what? he had something he had. He had an issue with the modern game at that point. I feel like he, maybe he thought it, it changed. Here's a quote, uh, and it connects to the uh, dialogue with Musburger. Where are the heroes, the gladiators? He's also asking whatever happened to you know who. Absolutely. We need more Jim Plunkett's. Ted Hendrix's Lyle Alzado's. Jack Lambert's, John Riggins's. They are throwbacks to the old old days. Today's heroes are insulated by their money. They're more worried about their women and their drugs. The lady, cocaine he's referring to, and the ladies go together. Cocaine is the prettiest lady of them all. Like, he was on this, like, so these guys are doing yeah. coke now. Well, he was right, right? I mean. Well, like, just, you know. he's part of I mean, the most consistent thing in human history is there's always someone telling you that it used to be better. People used to be tougher. The world used to be better. The generation before were better people. That's like consistent. In this case, Coke was part of it. Right. It's just kind of interesting. He could not help but shoehorn into every conversation he was having about the modern football player. Um, also, also, um, you should know that Franco Harris at that at this time was trying to uh, who was very close to the NFL rushing record. Of course, Jim Brown retired after nine seasons with the record. Uh, so that's why he was planning to come out of retirement, because he thought it was a great injustice that Franco Harris, a man that ran out of bounds uh, and didn't take punishment, would ever break his le- record. So he wanted to go back and distance the record, which was broken anyway. By sweetness, Walter. It was about two years later that big back Kevin Mack was actually nailed Mm -hmm. for cocaine. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Jim Brown, uh, right on topic there. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for it came from the Internet and we'll be right back. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game, <laughs> All right, here we go. We're back. Again, turn it off right now. Turn the volume off, at least. Give us the download data. Give us that uh, metadata that we want. We crave. <laughs> we crave it. Uh, we're going to give you... We're going to give you everything you need to know. And these were these were questions sent in from the listeners on oh, Twitter. Wow. Uh, these are questions uh, that we will get to pose to one another. If you have one that's not from Twitter, feel free to throw it out there. So um, you one of our own making of your own making. Why don't you get it going, Mark? Why don't you ask me a question? And again, if you do not want to know what's going to happen in the 2022 NFL season. Turn it off now. Volume down. I like this Metadata. one. Metadata. <laughs> this one, um, I'd, I'd be interested to see what uh, what you think about this. Is there a quarterback? that you could see getting benched before Halloween that nobody is talking about. Not, you know, someone that's out there in the mist from the wilderness that would shock us right now. There is. There is a quarterback. Ah. He plays in... The AFC. He's connected to a team that people are very high on. He's a first round pick with a journeyman behind him. And yet, there's too much smoke. Ah, way too much smoke. <laughs> His struggles will lead to a change. 
That'll make Greg Rosenthal very excited. Tua Tungavailoa will be benched by Halloween. Oof. I could see that. So this is like a Miss Cleo situation. You're just like wiping away the cobwebs. And seeing in a way, the truth. In a way, I don't. I don't want to. We do not endorse not black Lemon. magic. No. We do not endorse the dark arts. Uh, we are not time travelers. As far as anyone knows, that's accurate. But we have done like 1,500 NFL podcasts, and with that comes a level of clarity that, like Greg says, if you think hard enough into the abyss, the answer presents itself, and that's what happened. And I see, ooh, yeah, two is not happy on the sideline. <laughs> ooh, wow, it's a little spicy. Uh, you're ooh. really asking for two and on to come after you. <laughs> you have um, you have put it out there that Tua is not going to make it uh, until October. He'll make it to October, but as he a won't human. make it to November. No, right. not to November. Yeah. As the starting quarterback. As a human, yes. I am almost certain he will. Wait. Yes, he will also okay. make it as That's a human. Good. That's very good. But Teddy Bridgewater is exactly the level of backup that a head coach who, you know, First year head coach who's seeing an offense maybe not go how he wants it to go. Maybe two is a little banged up too. That's just that's what's happening. I mean, so it, could not, it might not be a permanent benching, but I could totally see new coach and owner that I don't think is totally sold on Tua when they could have had Justin Herbert. That if you have Teddy, you want to give Tua a break if he gets into one of his little Tua slumps. And you could come at me right now, and Dolphins fans be like, "Oh man, he was talking about the other thing last week with ownership and all the things behind the scenes." Uh, that's, I didn't mean to do that. That was a question presented to me. I didn't know it was coming. And that was the answer that came to me. First four games, home to New England at Baltimore, home to Buffalo at Cincinnati. To, to your point, seeing, seeing the future here, Tua has to play at a, at a very high level to help the Dolphins start off well. It, it eases up after that. But if you get in an 0-4 or 1-3 hole, I don't think it's being that controversial to say this team might not have as much patience as, as they're going to be not putting to out yep. there. Expectations are so high now, especially with the Tyreek Hill acquisition. If he doesn't get off to a uh, typical Tyreek Hill start, who knows? He might talk as well. There could be some bad vibes there. So a lot of pressure on Tua to come out of the gates fast. I will now turn my attention to Greg as I look. And you know what you need to do here, Greg. You're going to tell people what's going to happen. It's scary. What will Baker Mayfield's 2022 mm. NFL season look like? Mm. I'm looking... At this. Get in there, dude. Dig it, baby. Oh, that's so clear. It's so easy. He's starting week one for the uh, for the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. It's so easy. So the the, the clouds parted immediately. They parted on that one. immediately. I don't have to go like go think about all this. It's like, oh yeah, hey, we're going into the season with Sam Darnold <laughs> as our quarterback. It's the most Sam clear, You know, it's I don't need to clairvoyant. be clairvoyant to see that it's just um, it's a manufactured joke that Matt Rule would feel comfortable. Uh, going into the future after almost getting fired because Sam Darnold almost got him fired with no other option. And they're playing this little game here that they don't have to 
you know, look at, they don't have to pay Baker Mayfield salary, hopefully in their mind, and they're only going to pay a portion of it. And that's all fine. They're in no hurry. Uh, I just see it. I just don't see him sitting on the bench. And I actually think under Matt rule, Mm -hmm. he would be a pretty good uh, fit. They would have to get the ball out of his hand a little quicker, but it, it's a lot of short throws. I think he can do it. He can, at very, at the very least, represent what Teddy did a couple of years ago, which which is all they might need for a little upgrade at quarterback. I will tell you that looking at this question, we're on the same party line. Number mm. one, what's juicier than the fact that he goes to Carolina, Matt Rule is under fire, Baker Mayfield it solves that position, at least for this year, and they play Cleveland in week one. That is the set the stepping stone to Baker Mayfield <laughs> guiding the Panthers to nine and eight, saving Matt Rule's job, <laughs> and he wins comeback player of the year while the Browns don't ah, make the playoffs. Ah, 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 Grave digger. Ah, something's coming to me. <laughs> ah. The progressive ad campaign. Oh, no. Who is the new spokesman? Not Deshaun Watson. I think that's a safe bet. You're a seer is what you are. I bet they're in a tricky spot right now, progressive. uh, Yes, they are. They're waiting. They're just waiting for this to happen, but I I don't know. Imagine I have sympathy for Baker's entire offseason, even though maybe he's a little knucklehead or he talks too much, whatever. But, like, he uh, not only has he been left out to dry by the Browns, hung out to dry, the entire football world has said, we're not so hot on you either. And you got that progressive phone call that's just kind of you're waiting for that one because they're probably not looking to do business with a guy who's not really a starting quarterback or a guy that's uh, seen as a high octane NFL player. So it's almost like that's the last indignity, the phone call from the progressive higher ups. Counterpoint has a nice guaranteed salary coming his way, <laughs> barring other issues. And he made a lot of money off of right. those progressive I, I commercials. My, already. Um, but you're, you're right. My uh, clairvoyance that I felt that I had might have been a little off with the whole week one idea. That It would be tricky for him to get in there, win that job even before playing the Browns. They might want to avoid that. But I just see him. I see him in that uniform. I see it. It all makes sense. Okay. All right. Why don't you throw one out there, Greg? All right, Mark. I'll, I'll ask you a question here. All right. Which defense will be seen as the league's most dominant in 2022? Take us there. This is not uh, tricky to me at all. Well, you're not you're not using your brain to figure out what the answer is. It came to me. It it just just came to me and it, it, it was a beautiful image. Right. So it presented itself. An NFC squad that uh, has gone through changes, but remains a team on defense that I think the stamp of who they are is zero fear, um, immense swagger, and it's the New Orleans Saints. Mm. I, they've had some changes. You know, some, some faces have vanished, but some you get, you have, you put Honey Badger, I think, who is one of the best locker room presences in football into the perfect spot. And I know the offense may be hot and cold next season. We'll see. Sean Payton not, not being there, but the defense has enough carryover. Marcus Davenport, Cam Jordan, CGJ, Marshawn Lattimore. I love these guys. So I just think the Saints is my answer. And it's very clear to me. There was nothing else that came in there. Mm. I saw a little vision for a minute 
of the Rams, but I, I but I that's floated away. Floated away. Well, according to uh, Football Outsiders, Saints were number three in defensive DVOA behind Dallas, Dallas, and Buffalo, and just ahead of New England. And, and we're the Rams. and we're top two the year before too, so that is consistent. And yet, um, I don't know. I think another team in their division was where, where I'd go. We just signed to Keem But Hicks. he didn't go anywhere again. No. That, well, I thought we were yes, experts. We and know. so after doing this show for so long that that somehow. It is. It's a little confusing. Look what the Saints right? defense. <laughs> Sometimes it's confusing with Dan. Let's us know. It's just, it's just, it's not, this isn't your opinion. That wasn't Mark's opinion. Right. That right. was, it came to him. Can I have a different opinion though? Or is Mark's well, you just, know it's wrong though, right? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. But you sort, can share it sort your of unspools the segment to yeah. debate because what we have been given are like, you know, a vision from that's the gods a veteran. almost. That's right. a veteran who's done 10 seasons worth of shows. So, right But if you want to share your opinion that's I, incorrect, I, please. I, I love sharing incorrect opinions. <laughs> I, I think the Bucks are, are the team I would watch out for there. That's all. Okay. Well, what does the Saints defense do to Tom Brady year after year? That's fair. That's a fair point. All right. Let's do another round. All right. I want to ask you this one. Okay. I don't know if I mentally I'm a little bit. I think this is a pressing question. That, that, firing. I mean, I, I this will test your abilities. OK. The San Francisco 49ers and, and what is happening with their quarterback situation. Just take us there and tell us what happens. Oh, that's the question so many want to know. Where are we by week one? Ah. Why does it not hurt you guys? <laughs> I see. Confusion. I see arguments behind the scenes. I see phone call. Oh, so many phone calls. John Lynch. He wants to trade. He wants to trade. Phone calls. No one says yes. No one says yes. <laughs> phone calls. Lots of phone calls. <laughs> landlines. So many landlines everywhere. <laughs> no one using wireless technology. Now, ah, <laughs> speeding through training camp, I see two figures. Okay, one is definitely Jimmy Garoppolo. And yes, Trey Lance. Mm. Trey Lance's finger looks okay. Good. Week one. It's Trey Lance on the field. Mm. But... By week six, it is the veteran Garoppolo. Oh, no. God. Who leads the offense from San Francisco. Ah. You okay? I can't do another one of those. No, that's taxing on you, I can say. Yeah. yeah. So that's... It seems to really go, like, inside of you in a way that it just doesn't with Mark. <laughs> Did you ever see Ghost? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's very exhausting, yeah, for Whoopi. And again, we're not seers, we're not fortune tellers, but when Whoopi, when it when she had to, like, go in and, and see things... I mean, it kind of seems like we're seers here. <laughs> when, yeah. when Whoopi... The it's the seems. role we're playing. When Whoopi uh, <laughs> was done, she was fatigued afterwards. I think maybe that's potentially where this is coming from, but I don't know. Not every seer 
goes through the same sort of physical toil, but with you, it's very... Um, it's taxing. It's visible. Physically, yeah. yes. I, I also think that this answer that you gave, it's, yes. it, it could have been an answer um, to another question that you got. Which quarterback uh, would get benched early? Because if Trey Lance, when Trey Lance gets benched early for mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, unless it's an injury, I guess that's possible here. Um, His finger is healed, though. That would be a seismic... Move that would be, and I and I'm I I have no reason to doubt any part of your vision that will because be it's a the seismic truth. move, right? Yeah. That will be yeah. a seismic move. They have to start Trey Lance. He's going to get all the reps this offseason. You got to get it ready, and yet can't you just imagine um, if this team doesn't get out to a fast start like a year ago? It's the Kyle Shanahan type of thing to do. To and go, that locker to go room, it matters. I think you you heard it time and time again how much these guys really like Garoppolo. He um, also, for the record, was not healthy. Uh, Trey Lance said he couldn't throw a spiral last year because of his finger. We know Garoppolo obviously was playing banged up. And you just, uh, yeah, you wonder. Because the other part of the whole thing with Trey Lance coming out of North Dakota State was he had very limited reps. He was very raw. And he didn't really get any opportunity to really learn the NFL game last year, the way he was used, the way apparently he was limited. So now you didn't even get that first developmental year. It's a very tough spot for Shanahan and the Niners who have otherwise a very much a win now. Like Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch have been relatively bulletproof through a bunch of injury plague seasons. You had the Super Bowl campaign, the loss, but a lot of up and down. And this would be nothing short of a gigantic disaster if Trey Lance is benched and by the, week six for the vision, Jimmy G, who's super imperfect. And what the vision, what came to me there is they really want to make the Lance thing ma- work because of what they invested in him and, and what he potentially could bring to that offense in terms of his ability to be a two-way threat, which Garoppolo is not. He did yet. He did make a lot of plays. That's the thing I feel like uh, gets lost a little was I was – pretty intrigued by the two starts and they were very different and there were a lot of bad plays too, like very negative plays, but his great plays were great. Um, And I thought he he looked pretty good in that Houston start. We brought up Wes earlier. I'll bring up again. And we brought up fantasy earlier. I'll bring that up again. One thing, whenever we did the fantasy extravaganza, which of course will be coming up again later this summer. um, Wes, one of the advice, the advice he always gave out was don't settle on a guy that has a floor and a low ceiling, like take the chance on the guy that could really win your league. And I think with, you could take that principle and take it to the Niners. You know what you have in Jimmy G, right? But what if Trey Lance uh, healthy in another year in the system is a stud San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. Well, and Trey Lance's mobility, fantasy-wise, makes him like Jalen Hurts, very high floor. Well, no, now I'm talking. I'm talking real football, also. Yeah. Just saying, like, but I, but yeah. but his but his ability to do everything. I like, think it, sure. in He's real very football, I think player. it gives him a higher floor yeah. too. I there's a couple, and it seems like we're being hard on Kyle Shanahan, but I feel like there's two moments in his career which he probably will almost never get criticized for, but I, I'll have it in my mind as a criticism. So just hey, he'll listen. know that if he listens to this. Uh, number one, you didn't draft Patrick Mahomes or any of those guys when you had the chance. It's just like hey, you traded down and took Solomon Thomas. And they, they sort of got a pass for that um, when you absolutely need a quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two is 
Trey Lance wasn't going to play worse than Jimmy G uh, in those last five games. Those were the worst. I would say that's the worst four game stretch of Jimmy G's entire career. They made it to the NFC championship game and a quarter away from the Super Bowl, despite him. And in some way, I think that got people to believe that's like, well, I guess it was the right move. It's like, no, Trey Lance could have given you a pretty low baseline there and not made a lot of mistakes. And who not? They might've been in the Super Bowl. They might've won the Super Bowl. That's, right. I think it tracks back to the fact that I'm not convinced Kyle Shanahan really ever wanted Trey Lance and probably prefers Jimmy G and, ways that is problematic for Let's the Niners. Let's look at the Niners schedule because it is also important, yes, that a Trey Lance does get this job that he starts well. At Chicago, okay. Doable. Okay. Very doable. Home Seattle. Doable. Very doable. Okay. At Denver. It's challenging. Tricky. Tricky. Sunday night football. I like that. Trey Lance, Russell uh-huh. Wilson. Let's give me some. And then Monday night football home against the Rams. That's, you know, with, and then you got a nice little at Carolina at Atlanta. Oh, so, but let, look, then look what happens. They call that the like NFC South, like uh, layup machine. Mm. Just like, Hey, you guys need some help. Let's play the Panthers and Falcons and back. Yeah. But this weeks. Panthers team is going to have Baker. Maybe okay, we've already discussed okay. the Panthers. Gonna... But in the, because it's been seen, that means in that stretch, they're going to go something along the lines of three and three, two and four leading to a change against the Chiefs in week seven. So wow. mm-hmm. unbelievable. And I hope uh, I hope everyone uh, is holding on to their butts because we're not done yet. <laughs> Greg. All right. Uh, this is another topic everyone wants to know. Everyone wants to know. Who is the rightful victor of the Devontae Adams trade? Mm. Wow. Like That's what everybody wants to know. Feels like an opinion, but okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, is that the future? Is it the past? Ow! Ooh! <laughs> yes! What? Ow! Ooh, jeez. <laughs> Not there! Oh, what? <laughs> Michael Pittman? Ooh! I'm seeing a lot. I'm seeing pain. I'm seeing suffering. Um, and I'm seeing a, a lot of happy... Las Vegas Raiders fans. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are the victor of the Devontae Adams trade. You want to know why? Just look at the name of the trade. It's not called the uh, future <laughs> picks trade. It's called the Devontae Adams trade. Uh, I don't think that the Packers are going to fall apart because they got rid of Devontae Adams. I think considering where they were in their team building cycle and Devontae Adams wanted out, they got enough and that they're going to be okay. But I believe that a, a wide receiver that changes everyone around you. I did uh, the PFF podcast uh, last week, or they, they put it up this week. Steve Palazzolo would call it a force multiplier. I believe in that. A, a top wide receiver makes everyone around him better, including his quarterback, like Derek Carr. And they're just, they are going to be the, the winner of that trade. And you want to know why I know they're going to be the winner? Because the Packers didn't want to make it. Devontae Adams made them make it. Okay. No, that's that's sound theory there that the I Packers wanted to be controversial. Would have liked to have him back and now they're in a position where they're scrambling and they didn't make a big move on draft day the Packers to try to replace him. So I think yeah, I think it makes sense that this is how it's going to play out. Now will Adams be well, you answer. This is good, Greg. You're still in the headspace, I hope, if physically you can handle it. Ooh. Um Devontae Adams does he have 100 catches? With Derek Carr? The 
looking uh, at the final. Ooh, that's, ooh, I'm going to have to. Well, I'm not allowed to talk to people about anything because this, this would be a, a true advantage in Vegas if I knew right. this. I would say you should probably. But I did look at the, the 22, 2022 final standings for receptions. Devontae Adams only came in fourth, uh, but it's with 103 catches. 17 weeks, he's got that extra game. Famously durable, gets over 100. Greg is so going to use this power for uh, <laughs> ill. Right, to, to line his pockets. <laughs> right. For the ra- oh, oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. Rafael Nadal has won the 2022 <laughs> French Open. Check out Courts of Thunder. What? Uh, you got a plug going in? there. That is distasteful. <laughs> um, the last four years for Adams, or I should say the last three years, he's played at least 14 games. He's had 111, 115, and 123 catches. So even a, he'd be down 20 catches, or he right. is going to be down 20 catches. And yet, I think the Raiders would sign off on that in a second. I do worry about Josh McDaniels kind of is in a funny spot. Maybe this is a little off topic. And I just because he's taking over a team that I think overachieved and made the playoffs. And I feel like they could be like the Devontae Adams trade could make sense. They could have had pretty good offseason moves. They could be good and they could still not make the playoffs. And then people will think the Packers won that trade. But I don't care. It's still the right. Their move. own division. They play the NFC West. That is thorny. All right. One more look. What's the juiciest one out here? Which one? Uh... Thank you to all the listeners who contributed, who wanted the answers. Mm. And we have provided them, whether you're happy about it or not. Again, that has nothing to do with us. This is not an opinion piece. Don't come at us. It's our ability. Right. Will, will we see the return to glory for Monday Night Football as an entity <laughs> now that Troy... And Buck are there, and I asked this. I, I want to learn some real details about how this Monday Night Football season goes. And you know what else? Goes. Great question because Mark famously is turned on by Troy Aikman in so many ways, and yet this answer that's coming to him will have nothing to do with that because it's not about Mark's opinion. This is a perilous one for me because he might. He's in a position now, Greg, where he mm. might have to say something negative about a hero. You really put him in a tough spot. He has no choice. I am not uh, getting painful physical vibrations. I'm getting the opposite. (laughs) Because (laughs) let me tell you what I've seen. Uh, What what vehicle (laughs) on television, football providing vehicle, has been more lambasted by this podcast than Monday Night Football? Years uh, there on is end. no, there is there no, um, yes. That's our, that's been our corner. telecast that we've been harder on. Two words. Problem solved. We already know they can do it. I would say this about Troy Aikman. Uh, yes, he is a handsome man, but one of the reasons that I gravitate towards Troy Aikman is just that he was like at the centerpiece for me football-wise growing up. And he's one of those last Cowboys quarterbacks. You got the Tony Romo thing that he has done it with Buck for so long. Uh, they've got great chemistry. I think that Buck is unfairly critiqued by people. Troy Aikman's gotten better in the last couple of years. Where he's a little, he, you know, he'll, he'll get a little edgy. Totally he, agree. He'll with get that. a little bit uh, flustered and angry at what he sees on the field. I think this is going to take Monday Night Football and turn it back into something special. It has not been special in a very long time. 
They're not taking a risk. They're not rolling the dice with people we've never heard of. They're not sticking a player in the booth that's getting overpaid and never announced a thing. The, we talked about the floor in fantasy. The floor here is extremely high, but I think they're going to start to gravitate towards better matchups I, for Monday Night Football. I'm giving it a good, solid grade. Here's the thing why this surprised me. It's, obviously, it happened, so it is now going to be a huge story. Andrew Marchand is going to be writing endlessly about how huge the ratings are. And what really surprised me that that could be even possible because it's kind of like this idea that Monday night football has to return to glory. Like it needs to be a conversation. It needs to be, you know, we're around the water cooler on Tuesday and we can't stop thinking about what Joe Buck said to Troy Aikman. And it, like, <laughs> it's, this is not the seventies anymore. The idea that Monday night football is an important quote unquote telecast is such a product of a bygone era that I think they it, go Boom. ahead. This isn't George Bush. It's boomer thinking. This is not George Bush with the mission accomplished banner on the aircraft carrier. They they can do it. ESPN put up the barrier, put up the uh, put it up on the wall on the carrier. The mission is accomplished. I, I have one vision, though, that's but, disturbing me. But let me just finish like. Yeah, but. At the same time, what they accomplished was they have an A-plus booth, but it's not going to be changing the world. It's not going to be something that America is talking about. There is one disturbing element. Oh. And this does does make me – this does cause me a problem inside Um, because I think – Does it reverse what was happening before? I I think that the cat – it's as it on its own product will be very successful. And I'm with you on the on the status of television and the fact that it's not the biggest thing on the planet, but you're still dealing with the Manning cast, hmm. which I think is the future of how so many people want to, a, a big chunk of people want to experience football. And I think right away, that takes away from hmm. Buck and Aikman. Uh-huh. Mm. Wait, we're connecting. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. Look, will we see a return to glory for Monday Night Football? It is parts of two telecasts that are creating the best night of analysis and play-by-play. You've got it all. It is glory, if you look at it from that. And it, 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 isn't, it isn't just a boomer uh, take on things, like the way that they've set it up. They have actually gone and created a type of broadcast that didn't exist a year ago. They've already done it with the Manning cast. I think that we're looking at something special. Unbelievable. Well, they were, they were all together, like at this dog and pony show at the ESPN, like, I don't know if it was ad sales, upfronts, whatever. And all, the four of them were together, Eli Payton. So they're all looking at it like they're on their on the same team. Uh, I'm sure they look at it like the money makes any sort of um, rivalry <laughs> or eyeballs that are being taken away, you know, not a problem. And I do think Monday Night Football, I think it, ma- it matters materially because like, what are we talking about? It needs to return to some glory. NFL's dominant. It's already there. We are talking. Everyone is talking about Monday Night Football on Tuesday. But there is something that the schedule looks better on paper this year. I don't know if that had to do with Aikman and Buck or if that had to do with Thursday night not getting as good games. Uh, hold on. I'm getting a vision. Okay. It did have something to do okay. with, <laughs> with Aikman and Buck. It felt like it. Uh, they, you know, they took some from Thursday, gave it to Monday. Uh, and it most importantly is the game, and this is partly why we talk about it so much. It's the one game of the week 
where we're just watching. Oh, yeah. And there's no distraction on Sundays. There's no podcast we have to do. We're doing immediately after, like on Thursdays, potentially, or like finishing certain columns we're writing that night and all. No, I mean, it, it's well, I am, it's the time. Yeah, you are. I, I mixed it up there. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, sorry, bro. What you doing over there, Dan? I want to do something real quick before we say goodbye. Because we are really, it has been an, a seismic offseason in the booth. I want you guys to, there are five different teams here, ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, and Amazon. Five points to your favorite booth. Four to your second favorite, three to your third, two to your second to last, one to your least favorite booth. Well, this is let's do this a is power tricky. rankings on the fly. Here. This is tricky because I like them all. I also all need so a pen. close. Preseason power rankings. You need a pen? Yeah. Okay. How about a? Uh, you use a blue pen? I never use blue. Man, this is tough. Rarely, but. All right, here we go. I want to give a a, a, a four way tie for first. Here we go. <laughs> but you can't, Greg. You just can't. Remember, five points to your favorite. Oh, it's tough. Oh, it's tough. <sighs> okay. Not for me. I got mine. All right. Let's turn in your cards. You want me to add them up? I think I, I think I could do it. Wait, number one is the one we like the most, right? The least. The least. Oh, I, I messed up, Greg. I made it so clear. <laughs> I repeated it like three times. <laughs> so three, Greg, would stay we the same. We can edit this out. Yeah. Three no, is this the is same. the people need to know how it went. <laughs> All right, here we go. Because when I saw Mark's list, I was like, huh, you have him first? No. Surprising. All right, you guys speak amongst yourselves while I handle the tabulation. I mean, we could, we are a, a edited program after the fact. No, nope. we, we are gonna... on YouTube though, so I guess right. Dan handling part. the math. Just though. do it. Check Just... us out on YouTube. How are things, Greg, with you personally? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. How are things with oh, you personally, Greg? By the way, Grave Digger, let it slip. The name of his paramour. You can bleep it. And that's that's actually kind of what I imagined the name to be. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's that's in the wheelhouse. I feel like you guys knew that, but I okay. See, well, you don't have the old Zeuser driving the show here. It's getting a little dry. I'm the captivated by watching you add the numbers, but I'd like this to is, spot check it as well. I mean, sometimes you got to know strengths and weaknesses of the personnel. It's why I tried to volunteer. I thought you would see what I was doing there. No, it's I like not this that as a test. It's not that complicated. I like it as a test. But Greg, you would have added it wrong. You would have done it in the opposite. Well, I I, I flipped it <laughs> there around. Were problems once, I, the, you know. once I realized. All right, we're coming up now. Well, this is very tense. Wow, here we go. We're coming up right. Ooh, it's really close. Really close. Are there stark differences between? I guess we can get into that. But okay, here we go. Here are the final. Bring that music back. Let's get the tension. Um, here we go. The power preseason power rankings of the. Rejigger boots. Number one, 13 points. I already changed my mind. I, I want to change my CBS. Nance and Romo. Hmm. Number two, 12 points. Ooh, so close. 
Fox. Excuse me, ESPN. Yeah, Fox. okay. Eight yeah. Three. Ten points. So very close, which is a good sign that they did a nice job here. Tariko and Collinsworth. After that, Fox, the Burkhart Olsen team, seven points. And this one hurts. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit, Amazon, three points total. We all were in lockstep. I'm not surprised by that. We just don't know. It's like Al, um, and Greg's going to do the math now. No, that's fine. Um, I want to change my answer already. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. I was higher on Buck Aikman, not surprisingly, than the two of you. That actually makes sense. That that all adds up to me. Maybe incorrectly. All right. Good stuff. Good app. I mean, Mark voted Tariko and Collins were second to last. Um, I was wondering how they didn't win. My issue is... I put him first. You don't like Collinsworth. Collinsworth yeah. is too folksy for me. I don't find him funny. I, he's very good at what he does, but it's just uh, taste. All right. Listen, and you, that's your opinion, and that's fine. Right. Now we're back in the realm of opinion. Seems to differ from, the, from the, how you two feel, which is, you know, I'll have to reconcile that on my own. Well, I would say there's going to be a lot of private introspection you'll have <laughs> immediately following the show. Uh, all right. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Be there. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Great to hear Chris Wessling's voice there. Love it. Till Thursday, heed the call.
Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.